professional wrestling. Since this is the first episode, I just wanted to give a quick rundown of who I am and what you should expect. So my name is Damian Michaels, and I've been a fan of wrestling since I was a child, growing up in the PG era. I lost interest as I got into high school, but in August of 2021, my love of the business was reignited as my then-girlfriend, slash now-fiancé, encouraged me to reconnect with something from my past. I heard CM Punk was returning, and he was my favorite when I was a child, and that was my launching point back into professional wrestling. I mostly watched WWE because as a fan without cable, that's all I have easy access to, but I appreciate all wrestling and have a great respect for AEW, TNA, NJPW, and many others. I'm nobody special, and I know that, but I like to talk about wrestling and needed an outlet for my thoughts and feelings, so I created this podcast at a suggestion of my fiancé and a friend of mine. I'm not a professional anyway, but I'm a passionate fan of the business, and I felt I could provide some valuable insight into the world while also building a creative outlet for myself at the same time. So if you're interested in listening to me ramble on about Raw, SmackDown, this week's news, and more, then sit back and relax as we dive in. We start things off this evening with some sad news because we learned earlier in the week that Ollie Anderson, real named Alan Rogowski, and Virgil, real named Michael Jones, have both passed away. Alan was born on September 22, 1942, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. He served in the United States Army early in life before wrestling started calling to him. He debuted in the AWA as Rock Rogowski in 1967, winning against Jose Quintero before going on a small undefeated streak. He then proceeded to win the AWA Midwest Heavyweight Championship from Bob Orton later that same year. In 1968, he officially debuted as Ollie Anderson for Jim Crockett Promotions, where he'd wrestle for the next several years. During this time, he became a founding member of the Minnesota Wrecking Crew with Lars and Gene Anderson. He made appearances for Jim Crocker Promotions, the AWA, Championship Wrestling from Florida, and Georgia Championship Wrestling over the next 15 years as a wrestler, promoter, and booker, winning multiple championships along the way. In 1985, he became a founding member of the Four Horsemen with Arn Anderson, Ric Flair, and Tully Blanchard, managed by J.J. Dillon. After a few years, Ollie transitioned more into a backstage role, and by 1990, he was part of the booking committee for WCW. He retired in the mid-1990s after being fired from WCW in 1994. He passed away on February 26, 2024 at the age of 81 years old. As for Michael, he was born on June 13, 1962, in Wilkinsburg, Pennsylvania. He began wrestling in 1985, when he had a chance meeting with Tony Atlas in Pittsburgh. Atlas recommended to Jones that he look into professional wrestling, and the rest is history as he began training with Afa of the Wild Samoans later that year. He won the AWA International Heavyweight Championship on January 4, 1987, a belt he would hold for 106 days, then won the AWA Southern Tag Team Championships with Rocky Johnson for 28 days later on. He made his WWF debut as Virgil in the summer of 1987 as Ted DiBiase's personal bodyguard. Over the next few years, Virgil played an important role on WWF TV, including him being involved in the title change that saw Ted DiBiase buy the WWF championship from Andre the Giant. He went on to turn on DiBiase in 1991 and feuded with him for a bit before transitioning into a mid-card singles role for the next few years before leaving the company in 1994. From here, he was on the independent circuit for a bit before joining WCW in 
1996 as a heavy for the NWO. Virgil officially retired in 2000, but made sporadic appearances for the next couple decades, including a WWE return in 2010 as Ted DiBiase Jr.'s bodyguard. On April 16th, 2022, he announced he had previously suffered from two strokes and was recently diagnosed with dementia. According to a Facebook post by his family, he passed peacefully in his sleep on the morning of February 28th, 2024 at the age of 61 years old. So moving on to NXT, now there was a lot that happened on NXT. Now I'll admit that this was my first episode of NXT because I haven't watched it in the past. I have seen some sporadic matches of NXT. I think I've watched, uh, I have watched Walter versus Dragonov at TakeOver 36. I know that I've seen um, several of the early pay-per-views. I think I, I have seen Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn for the NXT title very early on. Um, there's uh, There's been a lot of matches that I have seen, but I haven't watched NXT in its entirety as a program. Um, so I'm excited to get started with this, and I wanted to do that specifically for this podcast because I wanted to be able to cover a little bit more and get out of my comfort zone for things. Um, so starting with NXT, uh, it started out the night with Elon Dragunov calling out Carmelo Hayes for his actions from the week before. Now, I, didn't, I don't know what these actions are, of course, because as I mentioned, I haven't seen them this before but I would assume that he was talking trash or he attacked him something along those lines um, but Melo came out with some security guards and he refused to get near Elal until the match was made official until there was a title match made until a contract was written up and everything all he wanted to do was to sign a contract and then be done with it um, so Elo and uh, Melo got into a little bit of a scrap um, well, Mello walked away while Ilal got into a scrap with the bodyguards. Um, but uh, this was a very short, sweet, interesting tidbit of a, of a segment to introduce us to some starting characters and the NXT champion. Now, moving on from there, we did get into the first match of the night, which is the Good Brothers versus Edris Enoff and Malik Blade. Now, the match itself on this wasn't that important. I do appreciate that this match was here. Um, it was a good match, and I did appreciate getting to watch it, but that wasn't the important part. It was definitely the part after that was important with the uh, with Chase U interrupting, um, saying that uh, they just wanted to get revenge for being interrupted the week before, and then they were interrupted by Axiom and his partner, who I don't even know who his partner was, and then the LWO came out, and they jumped everybody, and it was just all chaos. And then Baron Corbin came out with Braun Breaker, and it was just a mess. Now, this was... Uh, this this was a nice segment. I did enjoy this because it introduced me to several teams in the tag team division down on NXT, and I like that because I don't know who any of these people are except for Baron Corbin, Axiom. Um, I know who the Good Brothers are, of course, but uh, this was nice to be able to get to inter- be introduced to so many people all at once. Um, now, after this was all done and said with, we cut backstage and we see uh, Ava on the phone um, talking to someone. Then we get a knock at the door and it ends up being Obi Fem, the NXT North American champion, and he's just wanting to know who his next victim is going to end up being. And I thought that that was a badass delivery. And I know that that's a cliche line, but I thought it was pretty cool. Um, but, uh, that was when they got interrupted by Elaw Dragunov, because him and Ava had something to talk about, which of course we know is the Mellow contract. Um, 
but uh, Obifem and Di uh, not Dijak, uh, Dragunov got into a face-to-face -face confrontation, and uh, that is when Obifem left and Dragunov had his conversation with Ava. Now again, so short sweet segment got us straight to the point of what we needed while introducing us to another champion of the night. Um, moving on to the next segment again, there now there was a lot of uh, segments one right after the other. Um, but uh, once we get back to uh, once we cut away from that, we get to Corbin and he was talking with Braunbreaker and they were just rejecting spray painted jackets and that was pretty cool. I thought that was funny. I think Corbin would look dope in a spray painted jacket, but that's not here nor there. Um, I thought this segment was good too. It uh, got us a little bit closer to the tag champs as well as Gallows and Anderson who just want a pretty decent match. Um, and they're basically just saying that they want the tag titles and that they're next. And if they get past Chase U in the next week or two, then uh, that they're going to be waiting for them. So I do think that that's a match that I'm excited for. I know that Braun Breaker's also been signed to SmackDown, so it's uh, I'm excited to see where that match goes because I don't know who's going to win that. Um, but uh, moving on from there, um, we do go back to the ring where we see Luca Crucifino um, coming down to the aisle for a match with Dijak. Um, now during his entrance, we cut to a scene from last week where there were some characters who I don't know who they were, and they were doing a lot of things that didn't make a lot of sense. Now this whole segment, this whole match, everything didn't make any sense to me. There was just a bunch of chaos, and then the uh, Joe Gacy or whoever he was coming out with a straight jacket, that was funny, but I don't know what he was or who he was, what he was doing there. Um, the match was good, but the post-match angle was confusing. I don't know who Luca is. I'm familiar with Dijak somewhat, but I don't know who Gacy is. So I hope to get to learn more about who these people are in the future as well. Um, and then once that was done, we cut to who I can only assume is the Mafia, who we get to learn more about uh, in a little bit as well. Um, but um, from here, we get a bunch of backstage segments where we get to meet Noam Dar, the NXT Heritage Cup champion. He's just talking about the match that he's going to have later on in the night. Um, and then Lyra Vakuria is in the ring, and she is uh, she wishes Shotzi a speedy recovery, of course, because she got injured a couple weeks ago. Uh, but then she calls out Tatum to the ring, and uh, she talks to Tatum about how she thinks that Tatum deserves her flowers, and she pulled some strings. She got a tag title match set up for next week at Roadblock against the Kabuki Warriors. And and um, I like that. Uh, it introduces us to yet another couple uh, characters that I didn't know who they were. It gives us the NXT Women's Champion some screen time, as well as uh, introduces us to um, some new challengers for the NXT, for not the NXT Women's Champions, the, the, the Tag Team Champions, because um, the Kabuki Warriors do need some new people to face, because uh, all of the teams on Raw and SmackDown, of course, are not doing well at the moment, in my opinion. Um, but I do like that they're going to have some new challengers, and that match will be sort of interesting. But then Rich Holland interrupts and says that uh, he just needs to get something off of his chest. The crowd boos him, of course, and he's talking about how he's made some mistakes and he wants to apologize to them. And this is when the lights go out and we get some cryptic messaging, and this is when a hooded figure comes in from behind and attacks Rich Holland. Now, he throws his hood off, and we learn that this is the returning Sean Spears, formerly known as Ty Dillinger. Now, I've, uh, I'm familiar with Ty Dillinger because I've seen him in a couple of Royal Rumbles, of course. I think it was one, well, two that he entered number 10, but one of them he was knocked out backstage, so he never officially entered. Um, so I know who Ty Dillinger is, or slash Sean Spears. I know that he was in AEW for a bit. Um, we got to see some more of him later in the night as well as he was leaving the venue saying that he's just ready to set, uh, the, set the truth free and that's why he's returned to NXT. So I'm excited to see what his character is going to develop into over the next few weeks as well. 
Um, next, we got to see another backstage segment where Dijak was arguing with somebody. I'm not sure who he was arguing with, um, but then he ended up getting jumped by somebody, and it took a lot of people to get them broken up. Now, again, this was just some more uh, drama. Just I think that this was just to fill the show, because I'm not 100% what this was for. But again, this could be a storyline thing that I'm not entirely um, set in stone on, because I, I don't know what these stories going on are about. Um, but I am excited to see what's going on and how everything plays out here soon. Um, next, we got into the next match, which ended up being Jada Parker versus Gigi Dolan. Now, this was a, another good match as well. I, I, I was immediately impressed by, Jay, uh, by Jada Parker. Um, she was very dominant early on. She dominated through most of the match. Gigi Dolan got on a little bit of offense. Um, now, towards the end, we got interrupted by some Grace woman, who I'm not entirely sure who she was, but she was just demanding that the match be stopped and everything be turned off and everything, and I thought that this was a little bit off-putting, personally, because it's a wrestling match. You don't want things to be stopped, but I'm sure that there's a story as to why this was happening. Um, but Jada ended up getting the win after Gigi was distracted by Grace, uh, and this was a fantastic match. I loved everything about this except for Grace coming out ringside. Um, but otherwise, it was a very good match. Um, uh, next, we got to see Noam Dar defend his Heritage Cup championship against uh, one of the four members of the No Quarter Catch crew. Now, I was immediately impressed to see the No Quarter Catch crew just seeing all the new faces and their music was pretty cool too and then whenever they actually decided who was challenging it ended up being charlie dempsey who i have now learned and is uh, william regal's son uh so i think that's pretty cool and he actually looks a lot like william regal i don't know why i didn't see it during the initial watch on that um, but the uh, matches, uh, the rules of the match was pretty cool. First to two falls, three minute rounds. Um, first round ended up going to Dempsey. Second round was a complete wash because there was a commercial break the entire time. Round three, there was no fall. Round four went to Noam Dar. And round five went to Dempsey. Uh, round four was over in less than 30 seconds. So Noam Dar really turned it around once he got to that point. Uh, but then Dempsey just won the match in round five. And I thought this was another really well-paced match. I enjoyed it every bit of this the rules were simple everything made sense um and i'm excited to see where this goes into the future as well um now getting into the last segment of the night now this was uh, interesting to me too because it capped off the night with uh with the opening of the show with mellow and dijak not dijak elaw dragonov i don't know why i keep getting those two confused um but dragonov came out mellow came out with a security detail ava was there they had the contract table set up and they were about to sign everything when tony d'angelo came out and he was like i'm the don of nxt and i'm in charge and Mello was like, I can have you kicked out with my security. And the Don was like, no, you can't. And he waved his fingers and all the security were gone. And I think that was pretty cool, too. That really impressed me. And I'm excited to see more of the Don and more of the Mafia. Because I, I think I mentioned this earlier. I think that they're kind of like the bloodline of NXT. And I think that that's... Um, that's a nice association that I can have with that as I transition from the bigger shows like Raw and SmackDown down over to a smaller production like NXT. Um, but uh, Don said that he should be in the title match, and uh, everyone agreed, Ava, Don, and um, Dragunov, they all agreed that it should be uh, Tony versus... Um, Mello at Roadblock for the for the number one contendership for uh, Standard Deliver, and I thought that that was a great idea. I'm excited for that match, and I really hope that the Don wins. Um, and that was uh, right before 
Mello signed the contract, he ended up putting uh, the Dom through a table and uh, there was an accidental elbow from Tony to uh, Elaw. So he was down as well. So it was just a whole bunch of chaos there at the end. But nice segment to end the show from the uh, opening sequences at the beginning with the same characters. Um, now we got to meet a whole bunch of people that I've never met before. I'm excited for all of these stories and where they're going to go. And I'm really excited for NXT as a, as a product as a whole. Um, and I really like it. Uh, I think it might be my segue into TNA as well. Um, because uh, I was always uh, afraid of TNA as, because it was a smaller production. I was, af I was afraid that I wasn't going to like it. But after this experience with NXT, I no longer have those fears. I think I will really enjoy TNA a lot more than I have in the past. Um, I have seen some TNA matches, uh, and I'm excited to see more of the people that we got to see tonight. And I hope that I get to actually cover TNA in the future now that I've shown that I do actually enjoy NXT a bit more. Alright, so at this point it seems that that is all the time that we have for today. Uh, I was supposed to also talk about Raw Smackdown and I wanted to try and talk about AEW a little bit today as well with Revolution being tomorrow, um, but I did not realize how little time I actually had to handle uh, to talk about um, the other programs throughout the week. I spent way too much time talking about NXT and uh, that's my fault, I understand that and I'll take responsibility for that. Um, but I hope next week um, I get to talk about Revolution. I'm not going to be able to watch it, of course, but um, I will do what I can to uh, talk about what I can see of the pay-per-view. And I'm thinking that I may transition the show more into something like where we just talk about uh, NXT and TNA and other smaller promotions because I feel like there's a lot of podcasts and a lot of big shows that talk about Raw, SmackDown, NJPW, AEW, all the, all the big stuff. Um, so I think it would be nice to take this opportunity to do something a little bit smaller that not many other people do. Um, so that's probably what this podcast may transition to now that I've been doing some more thinking and I've actually started recording on it and seeing how much time I've actually taken on everything. Um, so that is uh, probably how this show is going to end up going forward. It'll be a lot of NXT, TNA, and other smaller promotions. I may do um, a lot of reviews on the independent scenes that I have around me. Um, for those of you unaware, uh, since I'm already talking about it, I, uh, I think now's a great time to mention the wrestling company that I... Uh, that I almost started working for probably a year and a half, two years ago. I mean, I don't, I don't say that I worked for them, but I did get to meet several people that worked with them. I got to meet the owner. Um, I got to meet several people involved in, uh, in this promotion, and I thought it was really cool getting to meet so many cool people. Um, but this was uh, NCWO. I think that was... Um, Oh, I don't remember what they were called, but yeah, it was uh, NCWO down in McAllister, Oklahoma. They are a pretty, pretty good promotion. They're, um, I'm not sure if their champion is still the gatekeeper, but I remember I got to meet the gatekeeper. I got some pictures done with him with uh, from the NCWO, and uh, yeah, it looks like the gatekeeper is in fact they're still still their champion. Um, but yeah, they're they're pretty cool. I do enjoy. Uh, getting to see these guys and I hope that I get to see come see more of them in the future um, but uh, that is all the time that I have for today 
Um, I will be back next week to talk about Revolution more than likely. NXT Roadblock is something that uh, we're going to be talking about. And um, I'm going to try to look into TNA, see if I can watch their show this week so we can talk about that as well. Um, but before we go, I just wanted to take a moment to thank you, the audience, for listening to me today. Because whether it ends up being one of you or a thousand of you that ends up listening to this show, I'd appreciate you taking the time to listen to me. I know that you could listen to pretty much anybody. Um, you could listen to some of the more famous podcasters out there. Um, but you took the time to listen to me and to join me today, and I do appreciate that. So any support is, uh, is appreciated. Um... But as we end today, I did just want to take a moment to remind everyone that we learned today that life is fleeting with uh, with Ollie and Virgil both passing away this week. So I just wanted to take a moment to uh, give a quick reminder that life is short and um, it can pass us by at any moment. So stay safe out there, spend time with your loved ones, and do what makes you happy this evening. And I hope everyone has a great day, and uh, goodbye for now, and I'll see y'all next week.